You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, good afternoon. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News, live streaming on IRLoneStar.com, FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook Live on Conroe Culture News. This will also be put on the City of Conroe website on their cable TV, and you'll have, just have to watch and see when it shows up. So this show is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic and Team Sinisi Real Estate Group. Roger Stein Chiropractics have been voted the best chiropractic center in Montgomery County. And they are located at 3033 West Davis by Conroe High School and Taco Bell. They serve everyone from infants to seniors, weekend athletes to professionals. And their focus on is on natural holistic relief of pain to get optimal health. So Team Sinisi, we know about the real estate market, and we know it's hot. So uh, interest rates are only going to go up. They're not going to go any lower, most likely. So invest, sell your home, buy your home with Team Sinisi. They're an easy name to remember, 281-507-9777. So guests today are going to be... Judge Wayne Mack, he is Justice of the Peace in Precinct 1, which covers Montgomery and Conroe and Willis. And we also have Evan Robertson. He's the Executive Director of Tri-County Behavioral Health Care. And Sherry Burkhart will be, is the Executive Director of Mosaics of Mercy, and she'll talk all about what her nonprofit organization does. So a couple of things that are happening around our community. The wearable art is continuing at uh, the Conroe Art League in downtown Conroe through the end of the month. And save the date for the Sunday Fun Day Stroll on Sunday, September 19th with Bridgewood Farms. They serve special needs adults, and they actually are the oldest nonprofit in Montgomery County. Established in 1967, this helps fund the programs for the special needs adults that some of them live there, and some of them have been going there for over 20 years. So it will be a fun event on Sunday, September 19th from 2 to 5 p.m. in downtown Conroe, tasting wines, cocktails, and beer from our local venues. Vernell's New Orleans Bakery is hosting a cake tasting too. How fun is that? So <laughs> yummy. Yes, there will also be a wine pull at Brown Brownlee's uh, I'm sorry, Branding Iron Custom Goods and Brownlee Jewelers will have a silent auction with 10 items made by the clients. So it's going to be a fun time. You can go to bridgewoodfarms.org to find out all the information. Don't miss Matilda the Musical at the Owen Theater starting September 3rd through the 19th. And this is performed by the Players Theater Company. It's a family fun event. And what's interesting is the whole performance is done with a British accent. So uh, these local kids are performing with a British accent. It's kind of funny. So go and enjoy that. I mean, everybody needs a good laugh. That's all I'm going to say about that. So also, Steel Magnolias, the favorite that uh, you get weepy watching over and over again. But that will be 
at the Crichton Theater September 10th through 26th, and I'm sure they're going to sell out at that place, and it's going to have a, a lot of drama, a lot of good performances. So again, that's Steel Magnolias at the Crichton Theater by Stage Ride of Texas, September 10th through the 26th. So with that, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some very serious things. We're going to talk about suicide in our community and what's being done uh, to help people, resources, and uh, just to bring you a little knowledge. So again, I have... um, Justice of the Peace in Precinct 1, Wayne Mack, sitting with us. And I have uh, Evan Robertson from Tri-County Behavioral Health Services. And also with us is uh, Sherry Burkhart with Mosaics of Mercy. So welcome all of y'all. Thank you Thank for you. having us. Thank you. And uh, I am... Um, I don't want to say thrilled, but I'm very interested in finding out what is going on in our community and the special task force and other things that are happening, because I know you all are very involved with this and have a lot of experience. So uh, let's start with Judge Mack. What's what's going on? So, you know, we're in the course in the middle of a pandemic and, and the whole world is aware of that. but. In America, we've we've had a public health issue, and it's been epidemic is suicide. Uh, for the last 20 years, we've seen a constant increase in the numbers of death by suicides in our communities. When I became Justice of the Peace seven years ago, one of the things that shocked me in the first 30 days was how many suicides we were having in Montgomery County. And so, for several years, we were asking, you know, uh, to form a task force to look at this, and so. Uh, two years ago, um, um, Sherry and, and Evan were a part of a, a team that got together and we, uh, we called for a, a community task force. And so we're, we, st- we launched these, the Behavior Health Suicide Task Force in Montgomery County, have over uh, 200 volunteers, over 12 different work groups, and we're looking at this, this uh, public health issue. Um, and behavioral health and suicide um, is, is, a, is a public health issue. And so we're trying to raise awareness with the task force. We're trying to pull down the stigma that's associated with brain health. And, um, and the task force has made some great, great strides with, with, with just building collaboration. It was the first time in the history of Montgomery County that every hospital, every school district, law enforcement agencies, um, faith community, providers, doctors, nurses, uh, 460 people came together when we, we, may, we had our launch um, two years ago in May. And so it's Montgomery County's on the front line of, um, and I've been told by several state and federal officials, this is the largest uh, task force in, in Texas that's looking at this issue. So what are the trends right now? I, I know that there was a big surge, Evan, last year of um, suicides, and you may have seen this, Judge, uh, different things going on. And like you had mentioned, it's uh, all age groups. It, it's not any particular age group. It's adults, it's teens, it's older adults, seniors. What's going on? You know, the... The trends with uh, the pandemic have been depression, anxiety, substance abuse. Those those trends are all significant with you know, double-digit growth in those areas. And when we see depression and anxiety and substance abuse, 
we often find that suicidal behavior, suicidal thoughts follow. And um, what we see in our community is, is a lot more people who have uh, really run out of the ability to manage uh, within themselves the symptoms that they've been having perhaps for a long time. Maybe they've managed it um, with the help of a uh, primary care physician or someone else to, to prescribe some medications. But now they're, they're not doing well. They've reached this point of uh, giving up many times. And uh, we see a lot more folks coming into our system of care as the mental health authority who are at the point of not wanting to go on any longer. Um, across the nation, we've seen, um, you know, 30, 40 percent uh, more depression, anxiety, substance abuse. And, and those things are going to lead to uh, people functioning poorer and uh, just just pulling within themselves, not reaching out to others. Of course, the pandemic hasn't helped that at all. We've had everybody locked in their house, um, afraid almost to go outside, mm -hmm. not having those normal human interactions that we have that help us cope with the life that we live in. So uh, we are, uh, we've seen about a 25% increase in the number of people coming through our, our doors in crisis services over these last two years, 25% increase in, in phone calls. And that seems to track very, um, very uh, closely with what we see across the United States in the number of people who are not doing well. In my system of care, fortunately, unlike Judge Mack, I typically see folks before they've tried to commit suicide, not or while they're still alive. And so what I can't tell you is how many people are successful in suicide. I can tell you how many people are making attempts. Attempts are way up. One of the big trends that we see is kids. Kids are, are um, uh, very complex kids coming into our services again about 25 percent more kids this year than in years past and uh, the is kids, it generally secondary level high school kids or it's really not it's all over it the all map over? unfortunately and and what's really unfortunate is kids um, uh, have very significant suicide plans uh, they may have made a, a pretty serious attempt. Do you think social media has a lot to do with this? I do. I feel like I'm 100 years old when I say that, but I do. <laughs> well, there's since, a lot of bullying and things that go on in social media. Since 2007, when the smartphone uh, was unleashed in our in our nation, um, it's, um, death by suicide and attempts by suicide in children doubled. Um, and um, and the attempts and those are just the reported attempts right so we don't we know for every death by suicide um, there before uh, COVID there are 25 attempts um, so wow, that's we, a lot yeah and so and so we know and those are just the reported attempts so it's, it's underreported and we know that since the pandemic it has gone up significantly the, temp, the, the attempts of death by suicide notice I didn't say commit suicide because you don't commit cancer you don't commit diabetes it's death by suicide so the deaths by suicide and the attempts of death by suicide have gone up significantly in Montgomery County we've seen a, a, a depending on the year a five to ten percent increase every year for the last ten years in death by suicide uh, fortunately, in the last two years, we've seen a decline in the pediatric uh, deaths by suicide. And I think a lot of that has to do with awareness and children, um, you know, with the pandemic, people were close. And so there was a lot more monitoring. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons we saw hmm. a little bit of, of a dip in the curve. But, you know, who knows with, with, with the current situation, what, that, what that's going to look like. But across the nation, 
attempts at death by suicide have significantly doubled and tripled uh, in our communities. I'll jump in here just a second yeah. on that um, technology and cell phones. Um, one of the things that we've really seen is that children, teens, are using that as a coping mechanism. So if they're stressed, they're turning towards their phone. I mean, adults are doing it too. But I was going to say, that, I've yeah, seen a lot of adults not, put all their problems out there. Kids and teens, but adults <laughs> maybe have been have some coping skills under their tool belt other than their cell phone because sure. we didn't grow up with one. Um, but the kids, that's what they know is as their coping mechanism. So then they get in trouble and the parent takes the cell phone away. And what, what we've seen in our emergency rooms and calls that we get at Mosaics is that that sends kids over the edge because they don't have anything else in their toolbox. They don't have another coping mechanism. And at that point, they feel like the only thing to do is to take their life. It's, it's that significant to them to have that removed um, from them. And so one of the things we've really talked to parents about is that if they're going to remove the cell phone, they really also in tandem want to get that child some help with a counselor or something like that to develop new skills. Because without that, the child just doesn't know what to do and they take drastic measures. Tell me a little bit about what you do in your organization. So Mosaics and Mercy, we formed uh, five years ago because we saw a gap in people being able to connect to resources. Mental health resources are really complicated to navigate. Um, usually you don't need just one. You need multiple different pieces and it can be really complicated to access them, to find someone that has availability. And, and that was pre-COVID. So we've really seen a shift um, since COVID. And then, you know, finding a bed if you need a treatment center or a hospital. And what we do is someone contacts us and we help them come up with a plan. We help them identify what it is that is a fit for their situation. And then we make sure those providers have availability to see them. Um, and then we also provide education. We have a podcast, so we will help, um, we'll connect them to one of those episodes that maybe has to do with what they're dealing with. Say that their child needs to go to a psychiatric hospital. We have an episode where a mom talks about that. That really helps make it more tangible, less scary, um, and more than anything, sets expectations. I think when you're struggling with mental health, I mean, it's all of a sudden you're thrown into this. It's not like you usually have had a lot of time to prepare and everything's new. The language is different. Um, you know, you, you feel like you're going in and you speak English and everybody else is speaking Spanish. And so what we found is if we help connect them to knowledge pertinent to their situation and those resources, they're more likely to get help sooner. So that's um, what we do. We have family navigators that answer the phone and really talk people through and help research and find out what'll be a fit. I think it's important to say that the, the point you come into a mental health facility, no matter what facility that is, you're not having your best day, generally. People are overwhelmed with the thought. They're desperate for something. You know, we, we talk about stigma all the time, and there's this like, how can this be happening to me? Here's mm -hmm. my child, my adult, whatever, my, my spouse who's not doing well. It's just not a point of clarity. And, and if you were walking into MD Anderson for the first time, you've got a cancer diagnosis. It's also not a point of clarity. It's, it's, it's the overwhelming stress of that event. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that folks not only just have that initial information, but like Sherry's talking about, have that opportunity to get that information again and again until it starts to sink in, that kind of lifeline, that hand, uh, so that somebody can be there to help them find their way through the process. It's just not something that the average person is equipped 
to manage. And that's it's not equipped to manage if it's some guy that you picked up on the side of the street that you need to figure out how to help. But when it's your family member, that emotional part of that is is so significant. And if we don't do something there, we we uh, the families get lost before they even find a connection oftentimes. And so the service that, that Mosaics provides is, is really important. We try to do that within our system of care. Once you get in our system of care, we try to make sure you navigate our system of care. But that's different than what Mosaics does, which is the private system of care largely and how to navigate all of the all of the different pieces that are out there in the community. So you're like the first point of contact for someone. That to help them of, right. go to Tri-County or wherever they need to go. Do you work with youth services, too, to get mm-hmm. counseling yes. for younger people? So we look okay. for whatever those resources are. Like Evan talked about, some of the people who come to us have private insurance or they have the ability to pay. Some don't have anything, but they aren't aware that Tri-County exists. Maybe they're mm-hmm. new to the area. Um, you know, the calls range from from all over the gamut. So we, people call us like the soft entry point <laughs> into mental health. It's that person that can say, okay, I hear where you are and let me help get you where you need to be. Are your services available 24 hours or just certain no. times? So <laughs> so what do they do if they're panicked? What, what Where does a person go? Where does a parent go if they're concerned or they're concerned about their spouse or someone else where do they go so we have a crisis center that is open 24 7 it's it's um on um old montgomery road slash 2854 slash metcraft depending on how long you've been around here by sacred heart yeah right across from sacred heart <laughs> next to the old conroe police right. department um uh, and it's available 24 7 with staff there to screen and so access, they can walk in walk in 24 7 psychiatry if needed okay and if you're in a crisis that's a place you can always go in montgomery county to, or in our counties where we serve if you're mm-hmm. in this county and you want to find help you can come there and um uh, so that's one place to go. There's hotlines. We have a hotline that we run that you can call. And, I, you know, I recommend that people uh, call that. Sometimes what you need is just a voice that reassures you you can make it to the morning or maybe a couple tips that say, okay, here's what we want you to do. We want you to watch this person until 8 a.m. and then show up here. Um, so it can be a variety of different interventions needed depending on where the person is at that day. But if you're in a crisis, of course, you can always call 911. You can call the mental health deputies if you want to in Montgomery County. But you can come straight to us and we're there with awake staff sitting there to screen you any time of the day or night. Is it often just that people need someone to communicate with and talk to? Is that ever the issue? I think sometimes I know um, we had an elderly woman last week that actually her neighbor noticed that there was um, an issue and reached out to us and and connected the the woman with us and in that instance we actually did reach out to her church and connect her with their caring pastor because that was really the appropriate thing she'd been isolated since the pandemic but she did have this community of support she was just separated from it Mm -hmm. so i think at times that is it i think during the pandemic which evan can attest to um maybe people were delaying care because they weren't going in because of covid and so we've seen a progression um, an increased intensity in what people are dealing with. Um, so it's more than just, I need someone to talk to. I mean, there's a whole cascade of things going on that, that really requires some professional help. What your listeners and everybody watching this needs to understand is that hope is the most powerful force in the world. And being able to offer somebody hope, and this is what Tri-County and Mosaics and all the other nonprofits in our community do daily. 
Um, and that is the most powerful force. But you, you ask what you can do, Margie, and one of the first things is to point people in the right direction, to let people know they're not alone. Um, that, is, that is the main thing when people are spiraling, that you're going to be with them. You're going to get them the help they need. You're going to help them get through this season. You care. Uh, and you care. Um, and we know that just simply um, when somebody gets really, really dark, asking the question, are you going to commit suicide? Are you thinking about So you ask it out loud. Out loud. You ask it straight up. And by there's a 60% reduction, according to the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, just 60% reduction in somebody successfully dying by suicide by simply asking that question. Because what you're doing is you're – putting the stopgap there you're you're saying i'm here for you i'm going to help you suicide is 100 percent preventable but we're not going to prevent 100 percent of suicide but it is 100 percent preventable by offering time and distance between whatever event is causing this person to become into crisis and uh, something i would encourage your your viewers and listeners to do is is to um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention does a great information. It's called Talk Saves Lives. You, you can now get that online. Go to their website and listen to it. It's a 30-minute presentation. It tells you what to do. It's Mental health first aid is very, very important in our community. Um, and just like CPR and basic first aid, and I know with your family's experience of first responders in the fire department, you know, a lot of people know what CPR means. A lot of people know what it is to call 911. And, you know, if I was to grab my chest all of a sudden today and start, you know, saying I'm having shortness of breath or pain in my right arm, everyone in this room would automatically assume I'm having some type of cardiac event. The same thing with mental health first aid. By recognizing when people are in crisis and being able to take the appropriate action, letting them know that, it's, that they're okay, let them know that you're there to support them. Um, and, and what not to say. You know, there's a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes to that, and Talk Saves Lives covers that. Okay, um, this is some good discussion. We're going to take a quick break and uh, then be right back. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, Team Sinisi and Roger Stein Chiropractic. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at TeamSinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S. 
S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. Hey, this is Wayne Green, your host for Radio Wayne, Folk and More. Each Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m., I'll be playing folk, singer-songwriter, Americana, blues, bluegrass, classic country, Cajun zydeco, Celtic swing, and whatever else seems to fit. Once again, that's Radio Wayne's Folk and More, every Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News, and we are talking today with uh, several people sitting here in the studio about a suicide and the alarming rates that suicide is continuing in all age groups. I have Judge Wayne Mack, Sherry Burkhart with Mosaics of Mercy, and Evan Robertson of Tri-County Healthcare Services. And so you all are on a task force. So how often does it meet? Who's on there? What are y'all doing? I mean, you, I think you said it started two years ago. Yes. Judge? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So um, we have, like I said, over 200 volunteers, 12 different work groups, um, and they meet monthly. Um, and some of our work groups are meeting weekly. Um, different tasks, things that we're identifying. The whole idea of the task force was us to come together and identify resources and to figure out where where the safety net is and where we're strong and where we're weak and so we've identified uh, some areas and one of the areas that we've de- we've identified is this navigation piece that mosaics and mercy is working on so that we can have a one-stop clearinghouse where people can call and they can be navigated and as sherry has said it's, this is a system um, can be very lonely and can be very overwhelming and so having a family navigator to navigate them and so the task force has identified that, identifying the fact that Montgomery County, um, you know, where Tri-County Behavioral Health, our mental health authority is very underfunded. And now that COVID has hit, um, that that has uh, significantly impacted their operations and, and, and what the county commissioner has done last Tuesday in uh, agreeing to enter into contract mm-hmm. with Tri-County for $6 million for the remainder of this year in 22 to be used for this emergency that we're in with the with the with the pandemic and the effects that COVID has had, it's been a it's been a proverbial straw that's broke the camel's back in many many lives, and so our task force is continually looking at all those in all the work groups. We look at pediatric youth um, trauma, uh, addiction, um, uh, community resources. All these things are the task force, and they're professionals from every part of our community. Um, and lay people and the faith community and veterans and law enforcement, first responders and schools and Everybody hospitals. Everybody working together. Working to together for have, getting together mm-hmm. in the same room and having conversations about. And like I said in the earlier segment, talk saves lives. And so us having a, a, a conversation, because gravity is like suicide. It affects every age group, every race, every social economic situation. Um, and when it happens, it's devastating. And so, um, you know, and we know uh, the statistics and the science show that when you have conversations, when you talk about these things, uh, you lessen the the propensity for that to happen. Um, And so very, very important. Mental health first aid, community, and creating, and the whole idea of our task force, one of our missions is is to foster an environment where it's okay to say I'm not okay. Where it's safe. It's It's safe. A safe place. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I think stigma is 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 a monster that we've been fighting forever when it comes to mental illness. And uh, um, even at some level, intellectual disabilities that we deal with, you know, there's there's something wrong with me or wrong with my family mm -hmm. or wrong, and and I, I can't talk to anybody about that. You know, I I attend uh, West Conroe Baptist Church, and of course, most people know what I do. But even though that I've been there a long time, had a lot of conversations, I've taught some classes, done some different things, it's still the quiet conversation. It's the guy who goes, hey, can I talk to you a minute? You know, there's something going on or it's the phone call. And there's that stigma that goes on. I, I'm not uh, saying that that's something that goes on just in our church or in our part of the society. It's everywhere. But it's a quiet talk. It's a quiet talk, which is okay. At least we're talking about it. But as we raise the awareness that mental illness really isn't that uncommon, you know, it's uh, it's always been about uh, uh, the, the federal statistics are 18.3% of us at any given time have a mental illness. Um, that's a National Institute of Mental Health study that they did in 2016. But but now we're saying it's more like a third of us are impacted by it's hmm. not that uncommon. And that's at any one point in time. That's not uh, the folks that, that we serve at Tri-County for the most part are what's called serious mental illness in the federal uh, language. And um, those folks have chronic ongoing mental illness. So they get well, they, they, they reach a level of recovery, but it's a it's a more significant long-term thing. When we're talking about mental illness, it's quite a spectrum of illnesses from schizophrenia, which is the kind of work we do, up to anxiety disorders. And those are really, really common in our society. And in any year, at any time, any of us can experience this. And so uh, stigma is a big um, enemy of ours that we have to fight it's okay to talk about these things it's okay to realize it's not that uncommon honestly it just isn't um and we treat it like it's the rarest thing ever it's just half of one percent of society has a problem with with uh mental health problems it's nothing like that it's much more common and it's okay to say look i'm not i'm not doing well i'm struggling um i did a presentation with the with the uh, chamber a while back but it was it was about cumulative stress this COVID thing has laid all of that on top of us. So even if we were doing fine and functioning at a normal level, um, even those of us who are supposed to know what to do and how to act and how to cope with these things are struggling. There's just another layer, another well, layer. Well, there's that other layer of what's true and what's not. Right. You know, that's whether it's social media, the media, you know, um, should we be afraid? Should we do this? Should we do that? Should right. we leave our house? Should we wear a mask? Should we not wear a mask? Should we get vaccinated? Should we not get vaccinated? what is going on <laughs> you know um until it personally affects our lives we don't always know what's really true and i think that like you, i think the trigger is stress like you mentioned Where, wherever the stress is coming from whether it's school or work or media or illness it, it causes stress and then it causes different mental anxieties or depression or things like that and I think I think that's true we all go through different things in our life I mean I look back at uh, kids being bullied at school I think that happens a lot it happens more trying to keep up and then you got the social media mix in there right and it's I think much it, easier to bully than it used to be um well and i think it happens to adults a lot more often than people realize too in the workplace i myself have been bullied twice in my workplace and in conroe and it happens and um it's it, it totally breaks you down so that you don't have any confidence in yourself you know and then you got to say no that's not right they wanted something or whatever the case is 
And I think by having Mosaics of Mercy, a place where you can go and funnel out or Tri-County to find out or emergency care, that that is part of the solution. But from what I'm hearing from Judge Mack is that it's more, it's also about talk. It's about talking to people and communicating and asking the questions or just listening to what's going on. I think, oh, sorry. No. I think one of the things that Mosaics has tried to do is that all of the people who founded Mosaics had some kind of personal experience. Um, I've been in recovery for 31 years from um, alcoholism and an eating disorder. I went treatment when I was 15. One of our co-founders is raising her grandson because of her daughter's addiction and mental, a major mental health issue. Um, anyway, we all have our own stories. And what mm-hmm. we've tried to do is bring that personal perspective in. And one of the things that um, I attended a navigation conference back in the spring virtually, and um, it said that really the navigation, it's that piece of the professional knowledge, but also the personal knowledge that helps people feel more comfortable sharing right. their story. Correct. So yes. So on our podcast, when we're connecting people to professional knowledge, we also make sure that people, we have people in to share their story of hope, people in our community that are willing to speak out. Because I think that um, we all know someone, we all know someone that struggles, but they don't talk about it. And that's been one of the things with my story is because I went to treatment so long ago, people look at me now and they're like, well, how could you have ever struggled with that? Well, you know, that that's just part of my journey, but you can't see that until I share it with you. And we really want our community to feel more comfortable doing that so that then that's when people feel comfortable coming to you and saying you develop a trusting relationship when you share and people see that you're not just trying to take from them, that it opens up the conversation more to instill a trusting relationship. Right. And that we're not asking people to walk something that we haven't walked ourselves. Um, it's it is hard That's to seek yeah. help and it, it's not always this you know trajectory that goes up and up and up and you're all it's a you know goes up and down on the mental health journey and so being able to say okay we've been there we've done that makes a difference in people feeling like they can ask for help well and you mentioned eating disorders and things like that there, there's other things that go on to bring it all cumulative to suicidal thoughts. There, there's a lot of different things. And I know, uh, Judge Mack, you've been seeing a lot of things out in the field yeah, as well. Unfortunately, yeah. And, um, you know, just just this week, I, I, I'm, this Friday, I, a man killed himself in front of his wife and children. Um, I just left a scene moments before coming here, drug overdose, and, um, and you know, the family, this person was dealing with mental health issues and he was using self-medication to try to cope with his, with his uh, severe depression. Um, and so, yeah, we see this over and over again and recognizing the signs and signals that somebody's in crisis. Um, somebody starts their mood changes their behavior changes Um, they start isolating themselves from from people these are all warning signs these are all things that say this is not okay and you have to ask those hard questions are you okay and what can I do to help you Um, and and what Sherry and Evan both alluded to here is is the fact that as a community we come together and we have these resources and people know where to go and creating a culture where it's okay to say we're not okay is so very, very important. 
because we all have our journey. The statistics say one in five people are going to have a mental health event in their life. And I just saw recently an article that come out because of COVID. That's now one in three. Oh, my. And so we know the layers you talked about piling on and yeah. the things being added. We know as a society that these things are, are happening. So it's very, very important that we get prepared. And that's why I'm very uh, honored and excited that the commissioner's court are taking a leadership role here with this money um, to, to address this crisis. And But it's a temporary situation. We need to look at some long-term funding, mm -hmm. uh, funding. Texas does so many things well. Uh, but we're we're 49th in the nation what we spend per capita for mental health and so it's it's we got to look at this that's not good no it's not it's not <laughs> it's good not. and and we've got to we've got you know unfortunately margie the majority of our our largest uh, mental health and addiction treatment facilities are our county jails and that shouldn't be that way mm. we should we should jail people that break the law we shouldn't jail people that are ill and so uh, it's very, very important that we have these hard conversations, but we have to put our money where our mouth is. And it's it's nice to be able to say, um, you know, we're giving this and giving that, but, uh, you know, we need to do it in a meaningful, impactful way. And I'm so thankful for what Tri-County does every day and what Mosaics is doing and NAMI and uh, American mm -hmm. Foundation for Suicide Prevention and all these nonprofits that are in our communities that are addressing these issues is so very, very Tell important. me about a website that you have. Yeah, so communityhelp.org is a, is a result of the task force. And um, it was um, Howard Hughes uh, Corporation has uh, funded the majority of the, of the work on that. We're very thankful. They've stepped up in a huge way uh, for our meetings that we've had. Uh, they have funded because we're we're just a task force. We don't we don't we're not a nonprofit. So all these things our com our community help expo that we had last November, uh, without the generous underwriting of of Howard Hughes Corporation as well as the Montgomery County Commissioner's Court and many others uh, that stepped up to cover the cost of that and the, the Texas Ag Life uh, collaboration. They had a grant and we were able to collaborate with them. In fact, uh, they just, uh, Texas, the local extension office was just a, a recognized on a mm -hmm. national level uh, for their participation in our local task force. And it's, it's community coming together, everybody mm -hmm. coming together. And um, it's very exciting. Uh, but at communityhelp.org, it's a great uh, website to go to That's good, uh, for information. But if you if you if you need navigation, you need to go to Mosaics of Mercy. Go there first. Or, or go to Tri-County and, and their website um, and their number. I will say to people, a, a number that you, you need to save in your phone is 1-800-273-TALK. Uh, when someone is in is going to uh, trying to uh, take their life and 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 die by suicide, uh, that's the national uh, suicide hotline. Also, Evan, you need to share your crisis line that you have here locally uh, with a mental health event. Um, but this, uh, we're, we know that um, federally uh, under the Trump administration, they finally got. Um, the, I think it's going to be eight one one, isn't it? Uh, that's going to go 988 988 is going to go nationally so if somebody's in crisis they can dial 988 and oh, they'll be connected okay. when will that happen um it's 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 in process now but i haven't seen the actual implementation huh. it's still a year and a half away or so it takes yeah. a while to move that 
all those pieces around, sure. but, um, sure. but it's federal well, law, so it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I think through. another important resource is the Montgomery County um, Mental Health Constables. Uh, a lot of people in our community do not know about those, mm-hmm. and um, they also receive funding to add 10 additional I saw that. Um, constables. But Court. if your family member or yourself, you're having a mental health crisis, and it's not something where you could get that person in the car, they can come and um, talk with them. They'll help transport them to Tri-County. And um, they don't come in police clothes. They're wearing plain clothes um, in unmarked cars, so they feel less threatening. And they are very well equipped to um, talk the person and the family through what's going on. And, and that's just not in uh, Precinct 1. No, that's, no, for the whole county. They serve the whole, the county, whole county, and they are trained to help yeah. with Crisis different situations. Crisis intervention teams, and you, you can call the sheriff department for a non-emergency, call their non-emergency line, request a mental health deputy. If it's an emergency, you call 911 and request a mental health deputy. And those guys are just great. I mean, mm-hmm. they really know how to, to work with somebody who's in a mental health crisis. And uh, we see a lot of those folks are brought to us, maybe not all of them, but a large percentage of them are. And uh, those guys do such a great job just uh, managing the crisis and keeping things calm and getting the person to the right place that they need to be. So I can't say enough uh, positive about the way they, they treat our folks with, with uh, in a significant mental health crisis. Constable Cash has taken a really proactive role here in expanding that and, and training every one of their deputies are trained. Right. Uh, but the, they, from 6 a.m. until 2 a.m., there are mental health deputies on uh, throughout the county. And, and they can respond also during those other hours as well. But seven days a week, um, they're there. What do you do if there's someone that has been identified as a threat to themselves or someone else, but they won't? they won't get help <laughs> so you can you can file a warrant at the um at the county attorney office if you'd like that can be your family can go down there and do that you can call the mental health deputies for a welfare check and they will go out and check on someone um, you know our system of, of mental health care and i think this is how we'd all want it if it's us receiving the care is voluntary it's not required unless you're a danger to themselves or others or there is a third commitment clause around severe deterioration but that's not how a normal person would see the world as a somebody who's deteriorating it's somebody who's really putting themselves in danger because they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. uh, but danger to self or others uh, the, the constable's office will pick those people up and bring them into us uh, or another peace officer will on an emergency detention order uh, but you can the family can go down to the county attorney's office and they do a really good job I actually uh, went with the family myself uh, about a month ago to sit down there and work with them through that process they're very uh, kind and understanding and gentle. I mean, this is not a time, again, sort of like we were talking about when you're seeking care, it's not a time where anything is clear. It's a real um, uh, anxious, uh, confusing thing to, sure to go down to the I, I, to the courthouse and say, I need to swear sure. out a warrant on a I family I think that member. would be like a last resort. It would be. But if you wanted to do something to save someone's life, it's you what do you it. do, right? And any time you're dealing with this situation, your viewers need to understand is that you need to you need to know that you may be the only person that's going to stop this from going any further so don't worry about offending anybody don't worry about hurting anybody's feelings and trust your gut mm-hmm. um, when it comes to these situations and going to that next step and, and of course always always if you're if they're a danger to themselves or others or you're in danger always call 911 um, but if it's something that can be if you're just looking for advice 
uh, Tri-County, calling the non-emergency line, getting with Mosaics for navigation, all great, great uh, ways to get that information. So there's a couple of uh, numbers and resources you have given out. And first of all, mosaicsofmercy.com, and you can Google it and find that. .org or .com? .com. .com. Dot com. <laughs> 1-800-273-TALK. Uh, you also talk about uh, communityhelp.org. So those are all great resources. And Evan, your website is tcbhc.org, which is confusing, but you can just go to Tri-County, I think, and You'll Google find it. it. <laughs> right. so. And uh, Wayne Mack is all over. So he helps people throughout the county. And, uh, I mean, his official job is, uh, you know, Justice of the Peace in Precinct 1, which is, you know, Willis, Conroe, Montgomery areas. And he has two locations. And you can also go to... Um, I lost your website. WayneMack.org. Yes, WayneMack.org, MCTX.org, and Navigate to Justice of the Peace, but WayneMack.org would be it. So um, we're going to take a real quick break, and we're going to come back with our last segment. And I am Margie Taylor, your host, and this is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic and Team Sydney C Real Estate. Team Sinisi is a proud sponsor of Conroe Culture News. Vinny Sinisi and his professional team provide comprehensive real estate services throughout the greater Montgomery County area and beyond. Whether looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, Team Sinisi has an impeccable reputation. Contact Team Sinisi for a great experience at teamsinisi.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-I-N-I-S-I.com. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. And I am Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News, and we are finishing up our segment today on uh, suicide in our community ways. You can get resources to help those you love or yourself, and uh, we did talk about a couple of resources. You can call 1-800-273-TALK. 
you can go to the communityhelp.org website and a great one to navigate systems is mosaicsofmercy.com so evan tell me about uh the six million that uh, commissioner's court allocated for mental yeah, health we're really grateful for to the commissioners and to the uh, county judge keogh for um um, having the vision to put together uh, some funding for us, for Tri-County, to provide uh, some much-needed services in this, this pandemic. We have seen record levels of persons coming in through crisis, through the hotline, and on the routine side of care, uh, substance abuse, mental health, all kinds of problems. And uh, frankly, our system is um, not quite taking on water, but will if we don't get some help. Mm -hmm. So now we had the opportunity, the uh, Rescue Plan Act is, is a federal legislation and the counties were um, allocated some funds. Um, uh, so the funding is ultimately coming from uh, federal government. And one of the things that was prominently placed in there along with uh, several other things was the need uh, to support the behavioral health system of care. So we were very grateful to, to have them recognize that and approach us um, and it really is, um, uh, a remarkable thing in, in Montgomery County to have this kind of investment. So uh, the commissioner's court last uh, Tuesday approved $6 million that will um, uh, be spent in 16 months. So through the end of calendar mm -hmm. 2022. And uh, there are several things that are authorized by the act that it can be spent on. And so uh, we have several categories of expenditure, including um, some pre what they call premium pay which is some additional salary to help us shore up our staffing uh, i don't need to tell anyone i don't think how difficult it is to hire people right now mm -hmm. and our salaries um are not based on the market we are based on how much money we have so um, we <laughs> could use that opportunity to mm -hmm. to bolster those up especially for our folks who are at the low and and medium levels of of uh, pay and who are working face to face with folks in a pandemic really difficult work. Um, they give us some money for uh, crisis services, some money to, uh, to do some uh, work with Mosaics actually around um, uh, access to services mm -hmm. and resource development, um, some, some money to do uh, counseling. And also one of the things that they asked us to do was to uh, reestablish a presence in East Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. um, you know, East Montgomery County used to be very small. It's not anymore yep. as far as population is concerned. I mean, it's, there was always a lot of people uh, in those subdivisions, but it's unbelievable the growth that's happening over there. And so uh, Commissioner Metz asked me if uh, we could reestablish. We were over there for a little time with a crisis clinic and uh, our our match funding uh, mm -hmm. fell apart and we had to back out. So uh, we're excited to get back to Have East Montgomery Have more of a presence County. out there. We'd, we'd yeah. love to be everywhere. It's just a matter of logistically uh, trying to make sure we can pay mm -hmm. all the bills at the end of the day. So it's it'll be a great opportunity for us. And we're gonna start with doing a kids clinic out there, we believe. Mm -hmm. So we're working on uh, finding a location now and, and establishing a child and youth clinic, uh, specifically Splendora ISD and New Caney ISD. would really like to see us have a stronger presence over there. Their kids come to us, but they have to come to us, and that's sometimes a barrier. Yeah, it's, it's a distance at times. And tra I mean, it's not so many right. miles, right? It used to be 18 miles to Porter was no big deal. That was 20 minutes, and now it could be an hour. So yeah. it's not just the miles, it's the time. So we're very grateful to the Commissioner's Court, to Judge Keogh for, for making that a priority, for giving us this opportunity, and, and now it's our job to perform. So we're usually pretty good at that. We're looking forward to, to uh, making these resources uh, work for the community and uh, being able to provide more care to people in a, in a critical time of crisis. So tell me what NAMI is. So the National Alliance 
for the mentally ill is uh, is a national organization. There's a chapter in uh, Houston, and the Greater Houston chapter also serves in Montgomery County, and they provide an incredible level of support for families who are and and the individuals themselves, but specifically for families who are going through um, cycles of crisis and mental illness with their. Their, their family members have severe mental illness. They do great work with those folks. So the stress, the anxiety of going through this over and over again, it's not a one-time thing oftentimes for folks with serious mental illness. It's a cycle of ups and downs, and you need a support system. The problem is, is you can't get that just anywhere. You can't stand on just any street corner and talk to anybody, and they'll understand. The folks at NAMI have been there. They understand that, and it provides that kind of peer group of other family members who have mm-hmm. been through that. They do amazing work, and... Uh, they've been meeting virtually, um, and if anybody uh, needs their information, uh, we can find that uh, on the Greater Houston uh, NAMI site. Okay, because I know you mentioned that several times, so I wanted to yep. bring that up. Sure. So, Sherry, uh, there's a couple of points you wanted to mention, and one of them is the overdose awareness on August 31st. Yes, so um, there are quite a few families in Montgomery County who have lost family members to overdose, and they have banded together to have an overdose awareness day. It's going to be at Stonebridge Church. It's a National Day of Awareness, August 31st, but they're having an event. Um, Judge Mack is speaking. I'm speaking. Um, Constable Cash will be speaking. And they will also have Narcan training, which um, is really important. They you know, will also be passing that out so that if there is someone that you come across or a family member that you know struggles with a drug addiction you will be trained on how to use that to help um, save their life and we will also have additional resources there pertaining to addiction so it, it really is a, a valuable um, event to come to and also to recognize those families because their their journeys have been difficult and they have lost loved ones but they are very persistent in using that story to help our community in other ways. Um, so you can find out about that. Mosaics has that on our social media. Um, so check that out. Okay, and you have an event also coming up. Yes, so we have a gala October 23rd um, at the Butler House. And um, like Evan talked about, um, as for Mosaics, we started actually in a, a garage. We are people that just had a passion to see this happen. And um, we've never had any kind of large um, fundraiser because we haven't had, we don't have time. Um, there are not a lot of us that are doing. Um, How many some, people do you have on staff? So we have um, one full-time being myself and, and then um, <laughs> three part-time um, people. And that is not enough. Our call volume has increased 57% since How many calls COVID. do you do today? Um, well, that varies. So like uh-huh. Evan talked about, you have to have like one call could take us 12 hours because of complexity. So it, it just depends on the day, how many, but, but you're busy. we are very busy. Um, they have tripled and um, that's really hard for our small staff. Plus when you take into account the severity and complexity of the calls, it's it's become that oh, well, no one else can help you call mosaics. <laughs> so th- those calls take a lot of time. So we um, definitely need more staffing um, more as well mm-hmm. as um, a way. Our website is a wealth of information, but there's some ways that we can improve that to really help get more information out to the community. So those are that's what we're trying to raise funds for. Um, and also, like I've mentioned, it is hard work. Um, so finding those people um, really takes finding people that have a passion for for doing this i'll bet Um, it's exhausting (laughs) (laughs) so for more information about any of that they can um, go to our website okay 
any last words? So Margie, I just want to say thank you to what these two people do every day and the other hundreds and hundreds of people in their community that make a difference. We, this, this one thing that I've learned through this task force journey is the, you know, 100 plus different agencies that showed up when we did this ask. Uh, the hospitals, Texas Children's Hospital, Cassidy Joint for Hope, all the, mm-hmm. all these organizations that have stepped up in meaningful way. Conroe ISD, all the school districts have stepped up in such a meaningful way. The, the, the uh, Woodland Spring Hospital and, and all these individuals. It speaks to what how special Montgomery County is. We're we're not ignoring this issue. We're putting light on a very dark and sometimes very troubling um, topic. And I'm just thankful that we live in this county and we have the leadership of the, the servant leaders that we have in our community that are stepping up to do this. Um, and it's exciting time for us from the standpoint of we're 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 headed in the right direction. Um, and we're identifying the resources that are out there and the need. But the main thing is, is if you live in Montgomery County, you're blessed to live here because your community cares about you and you're not alone. You're not alone. Even though you feel lonely, you're not alone. There's, there are resources here, the faith community, the, the professional community um, that are doing this good work. Can you imagine starting out of your garage just because you saw the need and, and the impact that they're going to have? And, and what Evan and his team does every day to, to stop people from making that permanent decision for a temporary situation so thank you for having this show and and having that raising the awareness on this and and all the information you've provided here you're not alone whatever you're going through you're not alone there is hope there is hope and also god loves you that's right well thank you all for coming on the show today and thank you for what you're doing too judge uh to help the community and you want to get some help preventive help before um he has to make another call to your home or wherever you are and uh, uh, i will list the numbers again um, and information for resources but again you can go to mosaicsofhope.com you can go to tri-county health behavior health care services that's a mouthful <laughs> you can go to wayne wayne or com dot yeah, org and uh, we will list all of this information again. And thank you all very much. Thank, thank you for, for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you.